Hello and welcome to the Force of Nature show. My name's Rabin and I just want to start by thanking you for coming back and having another listen. I'm acutely aware of how many options you all have as far as your attention goes and how you spend your time on your commutes and uh, when you're walking or wherever you may be listening. Thank you for uh, picking us to have a listen to. I really want you guys to take away from these sessions some insights into the way that different people make decisions and design the life that they want. I've been wanting to have these conversations with all these different women in order to give you guys an insight into the kind of jolts that you need to get yourself into action. So I've been making some pretty major decisions about my professional life over the last six months and I'm um, super proud to be able to say that I've finally launched um, Ahoy Hoy, which is my new venture uh, at the start of June this year. So we're all about helping organisations recognise tensions and dysfunctions that are holding them back. And uh, I'm so overwhelmed and really um, so excited about the interest I've had, not only from potential partners and clients, but from the people that want to come and work with us. Um, and there's this real desire to see leadership um, just done better across Melbourne and Australia. And that's basically our mission is to lift the bar. Um, and how do we do that? Well, I think part of it, uh, and this is something that I actually touched on with our guest from today, uh, is looking at motivation and fear. Because I think often people don't take action or um, can't make a change because they're basically scared. They're either unaware or they're scared to do it. Um, so we unpack that a little bit in the session that um, I'm going to play for you this today. Um, so I had the um, absolute delight to sit down with Gemma Vandelei, who is the new chapter lead for service design at Telstra. And some of you will be aware that um, Telstra are in the middle of a major transformation initiative. Uh, this is a significant um, change that they're undergoing. I would say the biggest one um, in Asia Pac at the moment. So Gemma um, is a good friend of mine and she's consistently achieved um, the top leadership scores um, across her division. Um, her team uh, trust her, they love her, uh, and they get things done. Uh, I've seen firsthand um, how they rumble and actually how they solve roadblocks and challenges um, in a safe and supportive way, which is something um, that I'm hugely passionate about. So I wanted to sit down and have a chat with Gemma about the change and, and what she's excited about um, and how she got there uh, as well. Um, so I will hand it over to uh, chat, but I would also just like to say if there's anyone that you would like me to talk to, please let me know. You can contact us on the force of nature show at gmail.com. Um, and you can also contact us on my uh, Instagram account, which is Force of Nature Show. Uh, and if you've got any questions as well that you would like me to ask our next, next guests or a panel show, um, yeah, let me know. But for now, I'll hand you over to the chat I had with Gemma. Hello, Gemma. Hi, Rabin. Thank you for making the time to chat with me today. You're welcome. <laughs> we were just discussing it would have been cool to have wine. Exactly. I'm sorry. And it's, you know, four o'clock on a Friday. It's 3.54pm in Melbourne on mm. Friday and I didn't bring wine. So I've, um, I'm glad you're still... Well, someone dropped off some lollies. Thank you, Lizzie. That was kind. So we'll have some sugar. Gemma, um, you have 
quite a big role at Telstra and we've been friends for a wee while now and I've watched you rise through the mighty ranks of Telstra during some pretty tough times and um, I approached you a couple of weeks ago to come and have a chat and I'm so glad you could, so thank you. Um, we'll start with one of my favourite questions. How would your teachers have described you at school? There's two words. <laughs> Creative mm. and er erratic. Oh. Um, I tend to only care about the things I like <laughs> and focus on those. And I used to draw everything. I was doing visual note taking um, from a young age, which they didn't really understand or um, enjoy. Uh, they wanted to see like written notes. And where did yeah. you go to school? I went to school in London, yeah. England. Wow, um, in London, England, rather yeah. than London. Rather than London. <laughs> London, New York or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so how now that you've put kids through school here, mm. how different is it? That's a really interesting question, mm. I guess, because I went to school in the sort of 70s, 80s. Mm. Um, I, I had a really good time at school. Yeah. I uh, enjoyed it um, because probably because I'm creative yeah. and got to work on things I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but the... The schools here, I find, are very focused on um, standardised testing and results and mm. uh, those kind of outcomes, which I don't think actually is what learning is about. So this dovetails quite nicely into how you approach a lot of the uh, challenges and opportunities that you see at work, because I've seen you talk about this. But mm. before we get into that, do you have a... So the force of nature is all about sort of speaking to women who kind of look the challenge in the eye and give it a wink. That's what I've been saying. And so I always ask this question, which is, do you remember the first time that you got into trouble or a memory about getting into trouble? Rabin, you know I'm really well behaved. Yeah, all the time. You do <laughs> my first memory of getting into trouble is actually my twin sister getting into trouble. Oh, you're a twin? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, and when your twin gets told off, it feels like you're being told oh. off. And the ironic thing is she was the good one of the two of us. So you're the devil and she was the angel. Yeah, but yeah. that day, my mum used to be um, really um, open and let us paint the floors and the fridges as long as she could squeegee mop it off. And that went, you know, worked really well and helped bring our creativity out mm. until the day my sister found the nail polish <gasps> and tried it on the curtains. <laughs> How old were you then, do you think? Oh, we would have been about... Three. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I could, yeah. but I can still remember that day not feeling good. Not feeling good that you were in trouble. That wasn't was me in trouble. Oh, it so you could pick up on it as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess yeah. if she's told off, it was like me being told off. Are you identical? We are. She lives in Melbourne too. Oh my goodness. So, can did you? Because I had twins. Um, not I had. I didn't have twins. Sorry. I went to school with twins. Oh my God. My husband's going. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> and they used to sub in for each other every now and again on tests and things because one of them was really good at the sciences wow. and um, maths and stuff, and the other one was super good at history. And they used to sort of flip around because you could. You literally, they were so identical. Mm. Did you used to do? I didn't. We didn't do that. I did um, maybe exit a few of her relationships on her behalf. Oh, stop <laughs> it! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that's a wonderful application of having a doppelganger. Oh um, my goodness, that's hilarious. Kept her hard safe. conversations. Yeah, kept her safe. Kept her safe from the wrong people. Did you do the difficult chat and just sort of? Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I never thought you were going to say that. <laughs> so good. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I just think twins are – there's all these studies and things. And, mm. and Are you interested in that stuff? Or do you, I, yeah. La Laura and I are actually in a um, Oz 
twin study program for research. So, yeah, they yeah. get called up um, to see if we want to participate in certain studies. That's awesome. <coughs> okay, so uh, what is something that seems really obvious to you but not to anyone else? That it's no one else's um, problem how your career works out. Oh, my goodness. So relevant. Yes. Yeah, so yeah I agree. Um, thousand percent. I get a lot of people thinking that they want, they've got to have the training, they've got to do mm. all these different things for their career, but the reality is you've got to set your own intentions mm. and, and work towards towards that and you've got to find creative ways to get there because in this day and age no one's handing, no one's giving <laughs> handing out the pathways. Yeah. Um, oh, and I see terrible. that in other walks, not just careers, but, you know, people expecting that it's someone's going to solve it and it doesn't, you know, work that way. If you want to propel yourself forward mm. in any area, then you've got to take the initiative. I think um, what you're touching on, I'd like, we're going to keep going with this because I'm going to unpack how you've managed, you know, ha yeah. describing how you managed and have been so successful. Um, and I think uh, I've been, you know, really hot on this architect in your life. And I, I mm. think what I'm seeing is people almost spend more time... Uh, planning their Bali vacations than they do around the next steps for their career or where they want to go or actually visualising because it's almost too scary to put anything on paper because then you'll have to do something about yeah. it. I think, I think that's really important. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I hear, you know, I, I always like to ask people what's your, what's your plan B? Like mm. where are, you, where are mm. you taking your own career? Mm. Um, not just the immediate term stuff that you, you're doing. And um, it always impresses me when people answer with something that's about meaning and purpose. So mm. not just going, you know, people say, I want to be a people manager. Well, what does that even really mean? <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> Do you really? Do you want to um, manage the people? It's, okay. it's well, like, well, yeah. but what? what's the purpose? Is it, if, if someone answers, I really want to help people get awesome at service design. Yeah. Um, that's a very different That's a different type of leadership and mm. you have to be able to um, influence without power before you can influence um, with it well, I think. So I look for the people it. that can can do do that and then mm. give them the opportunities what, what is it about service design that has really attracted you into exploring it becoming your thing for me that's an easy one to mm. answer yeah <laughs> so good i was um working uh with huddle design mm. back number of years ago now and i saw what they were doing there i was really got interested in um what service could design could do then um ended up consulting back into telstra oh, yeah. and um you know in the it cloud computing area oh. and just seeing um a real opportunity there to do things quite differently there was a lot of focus still around time and budget back then and how fast can we do things and how much money are we going to spend doing them but not what's the outcome? Mm. Like, is the outcome meaningful? Is it going to work mm. for a customer? Mm. Um, so I saw that as my opportunity mm. to um, bring that conversation in and that's really how it started. I kind of um, cool. ran a small team doing that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your new role at Telstra? Sure. So um, I've taken the role of service design uh, chapter lead, which is in the... Um, customer um, experience, insights and design chapter. So Telstra's moving to a new um, 
agile way of working right across all of the, the product technology organisation, but even um, into other functions too. And it's a really exciting time, quite um, frenetic in mm. terms of trying to get it set up and make the changes. Mm. Uh, but I, I, what I'm really excited about in this new role is it's like finding my tribe. So yeah, I've been maybe. moved into a chapter with... Um, under somebody called Mira Bashi and mm. she's looking after all, all of this chapter area mm. for customer experience. Mm. We have, you know, for the first time, a common framework mm. that's going to be used across the whole company mm. and um, common principles. Uh, and it feels like, um, you know, these are people who are all on the same mission mm. and all want to actually make the change and they get my jewellery choices too. Yeah. So. <laughs> That is so important. They must understand the jewels. Do yeah. you do you think um, there's a real? Do you think this move has sort of signified Telstra's understanding of the importance of this discipline area? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, demand uh, for the service design mm. team that I've been running has been increasing mm. year year on year. Mm. We've, we've it significantly. Um, is outstripping the supply that we can put forward yeah. or the, the funding availability. And I saw uh, a massive need when we were looking at a lot who needed to be in the different missions, um, how are we aligning people, that there was a real um, strong conversation around do we have the customer experience, mm. you know, person mm. Cause I'm there, which, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm finding a lot of organisations have it in the call to action around their mission and their purpose. Um, but yet still haven't figured out actually how to uh, embed it. So I, th I think it comes down to um, value mm. and not just about value to the customer, but, you know, I treat my product or the team and the missions uh, like uh, essentially clients. So I make sure that my team operate together mm. um, as a collective to kind of... Um, drive the mm. right outcomes into each each mission mm. and it's about sometimes it's about using lean startup practices mm. sometimes we use um, some of the positive psychology kind of techniques like um, job crafting for example or you know writing Everest goals things mm. like that with the teams so we're actually changing the conversation of the outcome not just as a here's a journey map here's a pain point yeah. We're looking at the big picture. We're driving the vision. You know, we use the Amazon web services, web services kind of working backwards method, mm. writing press releases. Yeah, and we're I actually about to really change the conversation mm. um, and prove customer value before we get into the journey mapping. Yeah, which is so important. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before the idea of chapters and and etc. Do you want to explain a little bit about what that means? I'll give it a go. Give it a go. But as I said, a yeah, visual person. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to draw it. <laughs> I want to draw it. Next time I was going to do like a video series and then you can get up on the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They'll be drawing. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you an analogy. Yeah. Slightly strange one. But imagine um, you gave every soccer player to FIFA to manage. Okay. And they would have a chapter on defenders, a chapter mm -hmm. on strikers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, chapter for goalies. Goalies. And there would be about making the most awesome collective of goalies or yeah. strikers, etc. And then teams like, you know, Australia yeah. or, you know, Arsenal, I'm going to mm -hmm. go with my favourites, yeah. um, <laughs> would essentially um, – 
pay for and um, buy in the players from those chapters as they needed them. Mm, okay. So but they wouldn't work for the the team itself. Right. I so know that's a strange no, way no, no, to I, put it. No, no, I think I got there. So does that mean that you're basically all training together and learning, you know, all the defence styles and things like that so then when they get put into the teams... Yep. The yeah, master, you, you're working with um, groups of people who are trying to master the same skills. Yeah. It's all about so it's that the mastery, mastery of talent development. Yeah, exactly. Um, <coughs> so some, uh, so it's not this quite the centralised model. It's it's actually quite different mm. to that. It's sort of going central and decentralised again and back again. But is it around product, like that the people go into the teams um, to solve problems for product or services or however you decide to put them back exactly. together? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so a team could be focused on, uh, cu- on a customer experience mm-hmm. um, challenge that we're trying to solve mm-hmm. for. It could be focused on... A product development. Mm. It's, there's different types of teams. Could be operational yep. things they're trying to solve for. So, I, 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 it's interesting. I see a lot of um, bigger, some of the bigger enterprises in Melbourne starting to move, and Australia trying to move towards mm. this as a practice. And I think it's definitely stretching a lot of people to try and figure out how to operate within there. Do you feel like it's um, it's going to be a real um, learning by doing? Like being able to experience this, and I think as soon as you get into it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't think there's a rule book. I think it's going to be like just roll your sleeves up, dive in, and give it a crack. And it, people are in the organisation of mm. this size are at different levels of capability yeah. in agile. So most of my team have been working mm. in agile um, groups for for quite some mm. time, number of years in in some cases. Um, and other people have never experienced no. this. Mm. And one of the things I say. Um, to people it's about the mindset more than it is about the practices and the tools you know you've got to if you're someone who's been doing this for a long time be kind yes help someone else along you know if you're someone new be brave be courageous Mm. try the practices Mm. some will work for you some Mm. won't Mm. but give it a give give it it a go go. um but you've got to work to support each other because people really are at different levels on this journey. And I think it comes back to the, the opening statement that you, well not mm. the opening statement but the statement around being in control of your career and your destiny. No one's going to do that for you. This is a real opportunity to mm. g- to grab something new, learn about it. There's so much um, information out there and then fig- talk with your colleagues and figure out. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's really challenging when they, they switch this the organisation yeah. this way when we're sitting there going but I do a bit of yeah. um the product owner type yeah. role, I do a bit of a chapter lead role, mm-hmm. um, what should I choose? And the advice I gave my uh, team was mm. think about when you thrive, think about when the day flies by yeah. and you go, flow. you're in flow yeah. and you just, what, what are the things you're doing? I said, focus on that because I've got T-shaped people who do mm. user experience mm. design and do service design mm. or copywriting, whatever. So T-shape is where you have a number of skills and then you might go yeah. deep on one or two of them. Yeah, It's to work out not just... What am I good at? But when am I when am I thriving? I said, focus on getting into where your mastery is the best, yeah. and then you can still expand on those skills, yeah. still use them. Mm. It's not we're saying no, you can't, mm. but um, it's it was very challenging for a lot of people to decide mm. what, what was the right place to fit. It's so interesting because we've been workshopping at a hoi hoi today, like our new values and their mastery, their um, things like mindset, and so it's mm. it's this is the modern. You know, transformational leadership stuff that we're talking about to enable these types of um, behaviours and flow to happen in a psychologically safe environment so people can do their best work. Um, 
in a new way, which is, you know, awesome. Now, you've mentioned your team quite a few times, and I'm privy to the fact, haha, <laughs> that um, they quite adore you, and not only that, but you've consistently a- achieved exceptionally high scores across Telstra um, for your leadership style. She's blushing. No, she's not. I she am, I'm so shy. I know. I know you're shy about this, but I, 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 you know, Telstra, um, mm. like a lot of organisations, um, are working really hard to lift women leadership um, in a very, um, and I can see it happening, which is awesome. But it's still, you know, heavily male dominated as well. Um, what? Tell me what you. Tell me about your leadership and and how you lead your team. Big question. That that's a. Big question, so I'll unpack it. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably in the most um, simplest way that I can, it's about focusing on making yourself redundant. Yes. Um, <laughs> so as a leader, I think if I'm a single point of failure or the person that needs to be making all the decisions, I've failed as mm. a leader. So my goal is to set the context to help provide the guidance to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, But the thing that uh, I've done is we've actually got the team themselves to define the capability maturity model. And that goes from, you know, emerging through to innovating. Mm. There's like four levels. Mm. And they defined what for each of the skills, Mm. how would you describe it if you were an innovator, for example, in that space? Um, And that gave them the framework that they owned. I didn't tell them what that was. They worked it out. so then they were able to do a capability assessment. So they'd go through the different skills and they'd rate themselves. Yeah. And it was about being not what you're not good at. It was about where are our opportunities. Mm. And it's an amazing uh, tool because I can work out where I need, when I hire, where I need to fill the skill gaps mm. across the, the team. So it's a very visual way for me to see that. Mm. Um, and from there, we set, set up mentoring pathways. Mm. So it's okay. You are, you're, you've got a lot of experience doing research, um, person A, so therefore you can mentor person B. Mm. Um, and it becomes like a bit of an ecosystem mm. within the team of leaders um, and uh, learners, if you like, mm. uh, all working together. together. And it's not about me. If I, I had a team of 42 um, direct reports last year, so if I tried to mentor every single one myself, I think I would have <laughs> failed yeah, dismally. Basically impossible. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, using those methods and using job crafting so you know things like some people are really enjoy doing powerpoint for Mm. example Um, other people are great at writing they Mm. kind of say oh could you if you help me on this piece of Mm. my project well i can help you Mm. on do some visual design for example Mm. on your project so it's about um how they work together and then what we do i hate meetings like the more meetings for me that Mm. we have to squeeze into this agile sprint is less time spent doing doing so yeah. um, we've got collaboration tools in Microsoft um, Office 365 mm. and rather than have big governance things, people put up their work and mm. whoever's available reviews Jump it in. and then we get to see what's happening in everyone else's So you do collective projects. reviews together, who's ever but available. But not as a formal. But not as a, f- not like as a formal it, governance. It, it, how do you, do you throw it up on yep, Teresa? Yeah, it's public, throw it up on Teams, Amazing. share. Um, so if you... Um, can you tell us a bit about um, this? Is I had to, I didn't give you this question beforehand. Okay, sorry. I'll work it Try out. Try and wing it. But um, <laughs> is is there a certain um, person or uh, mentor? Because actually, mentoring came up at a meetup that I went to last mm-hmm. night. And what's your views on mentoring? 
Do you think it's... I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, I think, but it's how you do it. Yeah. So it's got to have purpose. Yeah. You've got to know what you yeah. want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, I had an amazing mentor in Telstra. I was looking for that female leadership mm. myself a few years ago. And um, I was put in touch with her and I only had a few sessions with her, but my goal was to get from the current kind of level of management that I was to step up to the next level and the guidance she gave me set me on the right path and really awesome. changed my mind about some of the things I needed to do mm. to get there. So, um, but it was, it's not an ongoing kind no. of, you know. It was very specific. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and someone actually helped figure out the best person for you to speak to. There yes, as well. so and I was looking for a female looking, leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I sort of said to a lot of the women I was speaking to last night that, you know, it's you have to have real intent um, everyone is very busy, but there mm. is always time. But it's much easier for women like us who do have other responsibilities, who people are asking for mentoring, if you're very clear about what it is that you're trying to do so we can help, you know, guide you Get there. the right mentor yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll need different mentors depending where you're at and what you're doing. And then my other point last night was that I feel like you should always be looking to mentor someone and be mentored. Um, absolutely. So it needs to be reciprocal. And I often think it's a bit insightful for me if they've never mentored anyone but they're constantly looking for mentors because then I'm like well <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and it should be non-hierarchical yeah, like 100%. you should um reach out to the people who might be the most junior in your team mm. to mentor you on yeah. something like um I've actually got yeah, had a few yeah. over the years but uh, I, th I think if you look at it as a a hierarchical, you're going to come up with a ladder-style approach yeah. to how your career works. Um, and I think you and I are about the same. We're sort of kicking the ladder over. Mm. Mm. And that, you know, yeah, we'll talk about it. Well, we won't because <laughs> I didn't prep you. But I'll ask you another question. Um, can you tell us around, is there any defining decision-making moments or a moment for your career that you think really changed the trajectory of, of where you've ended up? I think it comes back to the previous um, mm. comments around mm. taking um, the control of your career yourself and setting the intent. So probably the most defining moment for me was when I found myself on um, mat leave for the mm. second time. So I, you know, it was I just had my second child. Mm. I didn't know when I was going to be able to get back into mm. the workforce. My career had been climbing, climbing, mm. and then suddenly mm. gone. Mm. You know, I was found myself in this circle of what's a sleep feed yeah, routinely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was completely are you doing uh baby self-weaning or are you gonna yeah it was no, like yeah. i just yeah. no i'm the mum. i'm at home crying all day because i've got no idea oh how to ha yeah. handle it well that was the first the first couple of yeah. um, weeks but then then i got i just decided to, you know what i'm not going to be everyone else i'm going to be myself Good. and i stopped worrying about everything after that um, wow so that was just like i'm just not going to yeah. I'm going to push through it and I'm just yeah. going to actually just with intention just go. And I think the thing that um, was defining for me in, in the second, the reason I mentioned the second mat leave is because that's when I decided I want to get back into a design focused career. Mm. So I've been doing commercial jobs, business, mm. uh, mergers and acquisition mm. type work and I wanted to get back to being a designer. I mm. realised I, I was missing that creative element. Mm. So I actually wrote and illustrated a children's book. Oh, um, cool. And I thought, oh, this is cute. Um, it was on healthy eating. And I thought, I'll just take it to Nutrition Australia. And the CEO there at the time 
saw it and read it. And she goes, oh, I love it. Can we do a chapter in it? Wow. And then um, from there, they put that in. It got used by the little tackers. It sold on their website for nine years. Um, oh, yeah, it was leveraged by such AFL. such a great story. And, oh, my gosh. Um, it, was a really it wasn't I'm not going to make myself rich out of this no. but it got me back into confidence, the confidence man and it got me the conversation oh. to get back into design and from there I did some um a couple of projects with Swinburne University and they were like doing some video games and they were like mm, oh can you do the can you do the you know the graphics mm. for the game oh sure 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 I hadn't used InDesign for years <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I had like two months to do, do all the graphics but it was just the best thing and then <laughs> when when I went back into the workforce, that's when I went back in through Huddle and, and sort of started on that service yeah. design and now path. And amazing. I get to draw, do visual design, live scribing in my job now at least once a week. So my need to be creative is, is scratch. So yeah. um, I'm going to go back a little bit because I've been doing a lot of thinking about this and I love that you've brought it up and that you, you, you basically listened to your intention or a hunch or a feeling to give it a crack to do a children's book. Now, it could have been really easy for you to go, oh, that's a crazy idea, or I'm not a writer, or I'm not going to do that, and let your brain take over all the reasons why <laughs> not to do it. It could and have, yeah. Yeah, and I think I was reading that you get five seconds, basically, before your brain will talk you out of anything. And that people who know that can then push through and actually still do the thing before letting, you know, the lazy and crocodile part of your brain talk you out of it. I'm not sure I've got a crocodile, Ruby. No, what do you think? No, <laughs> I know what you... It's more my, like a my, <laughs> yeah. my brain tends to go, oh, that sounds like something I'd like to do and I just try it and then I think afterwards, oh, should I have done that? Like, I, I, I remember it. my first um, long-haul fly I yeah. booked was to Africa and I hadn't ever travelled on my own. Let that <laughs> is awesome. All the way over there and it was like, oh, I didn't have a tour booked, I just wanted to just wing it wing and... It. Um, it was amazing, but it was – I've just never had that filter that says mm, stop. <laughs> well, and I hope it never kicks in because look what you're doing. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, you mentioned being um, – actually, I'll go this question first. So if, if you could let your customers – and uh, they might be changing who your customers are, but if you could let your customers know one thing, what do you think it would be? That we care. Ah. And is that when you when I say customers to you, are you talking about the public who consume Telstra services, uh, or, or the, the, the businesses, business yeah, the businesses, that businesses that the, yeah, the consumers? Yeah. Um, so coming back to the yeah. whole new chapter area yeah, thing, yeah. what was really exciting is we took all of the f the customer experience frameworks from across Telstra, yeah. and there was about fifteen of them. Yeah. Right. And they were all like Discover Buy, you know, kind mm. of the usual ones yeah. that you see, yeah. and. We looked at merging them. We wanted to make it really memorable and something that customers um, could actually get benefit from yeah. So and something that would be adopted company-wide. Mm -hmm. So we came up with the CARE framework, oh, which is okay. um, compare, act, uh, resolve and engage. Yeah. So anyone can remember the, yeah. the acronym for this in the company. Yeah. I, even with my <laughs> limited ability to remember <laughs> names, I can actually remember even the level two for this one. Um, <laughs> and it, it really speaks better to digital products mm. as well as sort of the classic shopping cart kind yeah. of style. Um, it works for services and, and, and products alike. Mm. And 
it actually will align the whole company. And there's things in there now around the engaged part to do with optimize, which I think is a conversation. Mm. We don't have enough. How are we helping customers optimize mm. their services with mm. us? Like we sell stuff. We want to make sure they're using it in the best yeah. possible um, way. So, um, yeah, for me, it would be let the customers know we do care. And I think if you've never had exposure into an enterprise or worked somewhere like mm. Telstra, it can be very easy to assume that it's just a big corporate. That, But it, it's it's just, you know, the teams and the people that are here genuinely give a shit about what we're doing. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And we're working really hard and yeah. we're having successes yeah. in, in um, places. We need to take that to scale. Mm. Um, but there are people that care and there is definitely focus on mm. it. Uh, there's, I never hear people saying that it doesn't matter. No, no, mm. no, I don't either. Um, now, we talked about being a mum, so <laughs> you've got two. Now, this whole, so I, I do struggle with this and I talk about it quite a lot is that, um, and I've gotten lots better around that mm. sort of guilt around dropping my wee one off so that I can go and pursue my ambitions mm. around what I want to do as a, um, as a career focused person um, but also trying to be the mum um, that I would love to be as well and trying to get that balance so is, th is that something you've had to wrestle with or have you got any insights or you're a little bit you can share about your experience in this I don't know any mother who probably hasn't had guilt yeah, in that context yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of took a bit of a different approach in that built a community around um the kids, if you like, so my friends, we would, my friend would go back to work, I'd have her son on the day I'd work, she'd have mine. Oh, wow, cool. um, I've got my, my twin sister lives mm. nearby, kids the same age. So part of it was creating a network of people that you could all support each other. Um, and the second part is actually teaching your kids resilience because yes. it takes away a lot of the guilt. Yeah. So from a very early age, I teach my kids how to cook and, yeah. you know, do different things. So they actually feel less stressed themselves when they know they can um, do Take things like themselves. feed mm. them, you know, yeah. feed themselves and, and do things. So, mm. you know, nowadays my, my son's in year 12, so um, he, he's turning 18 and my daughter's in year 8, 10, I'd be like, Coming home Did you and have saying, them when you were like fourteen, Jen. No, yeah, absolutely. Yes, a bit older. Um, so, you know, now I can ring them up and say, "I'm yeah. on my way home. Can, can you, you start cooking dinner?" Yeah. And they'll be like, "And it's done, and it's so much less mm. stressful for all of us." And if they do the cook the dinner, then I'll clear up. And if I cook the dinner, they'll clear up. Yeah. And um, it's part of how you kind of work together. The relationship and yeah. also just setting up success I suppose that they understand they you've all got the same sort of role it's not just all up to you to have the yeah and table. also to know um like my you know if they need help they've got someone else to ring like yeah. my son or he needed picking up and I couldn't get get him there and he'll ring my niece who's lives around the corner and mm. say can you you know yeah. drive me today or awesome yeah so they can solve their own problems too yeah without you having yeah. to carry the load of like logistics and I'll do the things that I can mm. you know that I can do so my f my friend's son had to get to an exam at eight mm. o'clock and my son did so I would I would do mm. that trip because mm. I can do that before mm. work so oh, I love it I was at a, another um, thing the other day where this woman was speaking it was so brilliant and um, she was from a um, Singapore I think and she was saying that she goes and my mother was giving me grief because I haven't been ironing the kids clothes but are they suffering you know <laughs> 
it's okay. I think I had a five-year break from ironing. Like, <laughs> ironing the children's clothes. Like, and, and that just cracked the whole room up. You've because to oh stop my, yeah, doing the things that make that. you miserable. Yeah, like, like, it does not bring you joy. No. no put down the iron. Um, teach the kids to iron. Teach. If they want clothes that are that perfectly looking, they can figure out how to iron. Yeah. Uh, now, if you are not in work mode, where do we mm. find you? I love my yoga. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think given the really crazy pace mm. of work and life and all the juggling and travel, um, having that time out mm. just to reset, particularly Sunday night yin. Oh, yum. yeah. Yeah. I like to call it, I, my sister gets annoyed because I call it a team sport because we breathe together. But um, <laughs> Everyone yin, it's, like it's a not a team sport. It is. I think you're connecting with people in the room at that point. It's lovely. Yeah. But it is that it's that it's going through. I've been doing this for a few years now, mm. and I've actually got a personal trainer who's helping me sort of get a bit more advanced with some of the poses mm. and build strength. And um, I really enjoy harmonizing those mm. two kind of goals together. Mm. So I really feel like I'm actually progressing. Um, but I feel differently mentally when I'm under stress now than I did a few years ago. I'd go to immediate panic. Now I can kind of sit back and watch it a bit more and go, okay, what oh, am I? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think just learning that you're not your thoughts mm. has been a very valuable thing for me and just going, oh, isn't that interesting and just sort of packing it up mm. and moving it over there. Um, and and yoga is not for everybody, but there's definitely other practices and other things you can do to get the same benefits. And I always encourage people to explore them because yeah. most, in fact, I would say over eighty percent of the women that I've spoken to who have got high big jobs and, and families and all of it all take the time to do something for themselves to do with yoga or jujitsu or just something yeah. that's for it's them. Really, I think it's really important. I don't think I'd cope. Yeah. If I didn't have um, that time for myself, but also something that's improving you. my mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you have a piece of advice or insight for a woman in her 30s who's trying to weigh up all the stuff, the career, the travel, the family, what do I do? How do I make up my mind? I think it comes back to, s still comes back to setting the intention mm. and taking not expecting to take big leaps at that period in your life maybe, mm. but you might need to do some steps towards it. A bit like I did with the the book. It wasn't like I spent all my entire like time off on maternity leave like focusing on that, but it was something that helped bring me towards the conversation. Mm. So some of the other things that um, I do, occasionally do things like hackathons or design mm. jams, things that upskill you in those practices that you can then take into a conversation when you go to an interview mm. um we do a, we've done a lot of that in my team and mm. it really helps and you know super exciting lizzie um from my yes. team was in the team in the um the winning team squad won, the other day yeah I saw that, that won the telstra um innovation challenge that was awesome so yeah. for those people who don't know what a hackathon is because there might be someone listening who Absolutely. doesn't what is a hackathon so a hackathon is an event usually over um, two two or three days mm. where people get together. It's the hipster hacker and hustler. So <laughs> you, you get entrepreneurs there, a lot of developers, mm. um, some designers, and they kind of work together to solve a real-world problem, mm. but they only get 48 hours to mm. come up with it, and they need to be using those design thinking practices, mm. the lean startup practices, mm. 
and they have to do a pitch at the end and there's usually a prize, a, a reward of a check. Um, mm-hmm. I mentored a team at Westpac's um, BizHack in Sydney last year and, and they actually went off to San Fran and Las Vegas they, to have oh, their cool. idea um, turned into something real. But the things you learn in that environment it, and the connections that you make in that kind of – because it's quite intense mm. – um, are incredible and it's a really good way to – to change the conversation when you're talking to employers about, mm. you know. And actually, you know, it, often you do need to give your time to do it. Yeah. But um, the investment and the connections you make, and I, I would really strongly encourage anyone who hasn't done one to go and do one because they're just fantastic and you just Absolutely. meet the best people. Yeah. And um, it's just, yeah, especially if you're in any creative tech or design role, there's roles for everyone there. You don't have to be a dev. You don't, turn no. up. And, I think and in fact, they cu- need... Yeah, they need more mm. people who aren't, I think. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Gemma, thank you. You know that time has flown. Um, <laughs> and I just want to say thank you so much and congratulations on your new role. I couldn't be more pleased for you. And I just think um, I'm just so excited to see what happens next. Yeah. We'll have you back. I'm going to put a panel together. So I think I'd love to get some of the listeners to send in some questions and maybe we could answer them as a little squad one day. That'd be amazing. Mm, okay. Thank you. Should we go get a real wine now? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you, Gemma. Bye. Bye.